you're listening to Classic Movies Live. Today's movie is a definite frontrunner in a few categories uh, and a contender in even more. Today we are talking about Chloe Zhao's, it's not her, not her debut, I think it's her third movie. It's called Nomadland. It's a hot ticket item. It just came out a few weeks ago. Many critics put it on their top 10 lists. A lot of them called it the best movie of the year. We're going to tell you what we think of it. Uh, so this is Nomadland. Uh, this is a movie that I say this a lot. It's very hard to spoil. Uh, there is no spoiler warning in this. So if you are worried about spoilers, maybe watch the movie first. But I will war- I- I'm also going to say that like, if you listen to us talk about it and then you decide to watch the movie, I don't think it's going to impact your enjoyment of the movie at all. This is uh, a movie that you should probably see. It's very unique. And we're going to talk about exactly how it's unique. And now you're going to hear a little bit of music from Nomadland. This, mo- this song was not written for the movie and is thereby not eligible for Academy Awards. But it's a good song nonetheless. This is a song by Ludovico Einaudi. You're listening to another episode of Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies from 2020, 2021. I don't remember when this one came out. I think like it was at, it was at uh, is it festivals all through last year, but it didn't actually come out here until like yesterday on Hulu. If you have Hulu, we don't. We're in Canada, but anyway, <laughs> we're talking about Nomadland today. Pierre, what do you got to say about Nomadland? Or about anything nope. else. I guess I didn't uh, really let you introduce yourself. Oh, well, my name is Pierre. Thank you. Oh, thank and you. Uh, Nomadland is a movie that is nominated for Best Golden Globe uh, Drama, right? Yeah, um, it's best, best, golden, or best Picture Drama at the Golden Globes. And at the Independent Spirits, it's Best Feature. So Yeah, so it's got a lot of hype going behind it. And uh, it's a movie about... Um, nomads i guess the movie the movie goes out of its way to point out that the 2008 financial crisis hit a lot of uh communities very very hard and this resulted in a sort of not i guess kind of a movement i you could call it where you have a you had a lot of people that had to live out of their live out of their cars basically and were in a way homeless but um used it as a way uh to find their find community and i guess it, it kind of became a way of life rather than just being uh homeless if that makes yeah. sense yeah 
Um, you said you said movement, and I don't know if I would. I mean, that's probably accurate. I think I would more use the term subculture. Like it just ended up being this community of people who live on the road, essentially. Uh, you know, just live out of their cars, some because they want to, most because at least to some degree, they were sort of forced into it eventually and then decided never to change. Very few, at least in this movie, because that is the only thing they can do. Like, I don't think there was anyone that if they if they wanted to not be a nomad anymore, like I think anyone in there could have could have found a way to not be that anymore. Yeah, it's it's uh it's kind of the um, Chloe. It's, it's, this is kind of a Chloe Zhao thing. Who's the director? Where they take a take kind of an interesting look at a at a uh, a subculture, I guess, as you said, um, and that not not many people know about, and then just kind of why, in a way, I guess, why they choose to be that way. In some ways, like obviously, being a nomad was forced on these people uh, uh, for, because of the the financial crisis, but. As you kind of, as the movie goes on, the theme, the theme kind of doesn't really be, it's not really so much like uh, how these people like have to suffer rather than how, why, how do they choose to suffer um, in, mm-hmm. in some cases because uh, of the lifestyle that um, they kind of, they learn to love, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it kind of, in a, in a way, it, I guess Chloe Zhao wants to show you why why they love it so that the characters are more relatable and you can further understand why these people are uh, who they are. Yeah. What I found really interesting about this movie is like, it's, it almost feels like a documentary in a lot of spots because she's just like showing you nomads and what their life is like. Like Mm -hmm. there's very little, the script definitely doesn't feel very traditional. It's just like, just, put a couple of people together and see what they do, but like not in an improv way either. It's, it's kind of weird. Yeah. It's a, almost like a, almost like a documentary. It's shot like a documentary. It's kind of structured like a documentary, but it contains, I guess a sort of narrative structure um, that would, that would make it like, or a script slash narrative structure that would make it uh, more of a film and um, you know, there's no there's no interviews or straight up exposition or exposition to the audience, right? There's no mm-hmm. breaking the fourth wall or anything. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. This is basically a, a style that Chloe Zhao has used for her first. Uh, this is her third movie, I believe. Um, is it her third? Yeah, oh. she and uh, all of these all of these movies have kind of followed this this path, and it, it seems that she's just been slowly uh adding more and more budget to each of these movies while enhancing her techniques if that makes sense mm-hmm. and um I, I don't know that's this i guess this is why she got she was able to get francis mcdormand on board but it's uh i guess i guess like i wouldn't necessarily say it's it's a really amazing type of filmmaking but it's extremely unique i've never seen anything like it yeah it's super interesting I, like I watched this movie and even though this wasn't my favorite movie of the year or anything, like it made me extremely excited to just see what else Chloe Zhao has coming in the future. And like, we happen to know a little bit about what she has coming in the future. And I don't know if we want to talk about that right away, but like, it does make me very excited to see, you know, either how her style evolves or how she does other movies in this style. 
or in you know her style i guess yeah well i think what like one so one of the biggest changes in this movie is well first of all she got a bigger budget because her first two movies i think the rider which was made in or came out in 2017 was actually self-funded by herself for like i think it was fifty thousand dollars or something like that um and uh, i guess that's that's where a lot of her initial um recognition came from but this is her first movie with like a, a few million dollar budget and then also yeah. francis mcdormand's in it which is one of the most who is one of the most you know uh, esteemed and acclaimed actresses uh in, in the industry right now mm-hmm. so uh it was definitely like a big leap i guess yeah in terms of what she was doing and it, it kind of worked out i would say um, yeah, I think that like, well, in general, this work, this is going to get her a lot more recognition than the writer did. Not that like Chloe Zhao was a name because of the writer, but like with Nomadland, this has the potential to get her like many, many big high profile awards. Yeah, for sure. Like, especially with the, the, I guess, I guess like, I think France, because when you're an independent filmmaker, I think it's hard to get the attention of the Oscars. But once you get a producer uh, on board like Frances McDormand, it's it's pretty big. And then also, uh, I don't know, it's, it's just uh, she she knows what she's good at, I guess. And she seems to like it. I kind of wish she she brought out more of herself in this movie, though, or tried to evolve her style more. Because um, what I really do like about her movies is that she doesn't use any real actors, um, at least for her first two. She uses uh, people, you know, people that like literally are living the way she uh, she's filming them, if that makes sense. So it's it's very little like it's very little to be acted on, I guess, because it's just an extremely uh, personal portrayal of these things. And um, it's kind of it's 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 nice because it's it's like kind of like anti filmmaking, if that makes sense in some ways, where she's she's using the. The, the rawness of, of what she's portraying is, is her, to her advantage, despite mm-hmm. like, you know, because she, she didn't really have a budget to work with, right? But right. Um, she, she used that to make it more unique. And I think that's why her movies feel very personal. Whereas this one, I think now that she's moved up to working with like a big actress, I actually think it, it hurt the, the style of movie that she makes a bit. Yeah, I would say that the strongest parts of this movie are when she's using untrained actors because there's only two actors in this that are like well-known actors with you know that typically do acting where most of the people in this movie are just like most of the main roles in this movie with the exception of two of the leads are just people who actually live this lifestyle and that she got to collaborate with her on the movie and she is incredibly good at getting a performance out of people who honestly have no right to be able to give her a performance. I mean, that's, that sounds weird to say, but like (laughs) she's getting, she's getting a really good performance out of people who, you know, a less skilled director wouldn't be able to get anything out of. Sure. Well, yeah, that's like directing actors is a huge part of directing. Yeah. And I think a lot of people forget that because, you know, there's, there are actors that have, that have done amazing jobs in certain movies that, that can't act in other movies. So it's it's a really important skill and just like um especially like in these cases because like the the characters she has they, they also don't seem like the type of people that care about about movies you know or like uh uh drop like take like this, these aren't like like people that like take drama classes in their free time or anything this is just like they I, i'm surprised she she was able to get 
um, like nomads interested in being portrayed in a movie like that and dedicating that time. So hmm. I think that was, you know, it's, it's just really cool. And I think that that adds an element to it. But um, the pro I think the problem with what happened here is this Francis McDormand is just a great actress that it act like, or I wouldn't cause her performance in this wasn't amazing. I was, I, I think it was solid, but she, you can just tell that she's an actress compared to everyone else. And the well, contrast little, makes it very weird. Yeah. It's a little hard to like when, when I was watching this movie, it is a little hard too to separate Francis McDormand from like, when I see Francis McDormand in this movie, I see Francis McDormand. And, like, mm -hmm. Frances McDormand can certainly disappear into roles. Like, I've seen her do it before. In Fargo, she's like, I, I see her character, not her. But in mm -hmm. this movie, I only see her, not because she's, like, doing a really bad job. Again, I, I agree with you that this isn't one of her best performances. But, like, it's not. It's competent. It's good. Mm -hmm. But, like, she's the biggest name by a long shot in this movie. Which means that, like, you know, I see everyone else. They're just they're just the people that I'm supposed to like, they're just people in the movie. And then I see Francis McDormand and like, Oh, that's Francis McDormand. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, she, well, I mean, like as an actress, she needs, she kind of naturally has this charisma and like this screen presence that you just feel right. And mm. it's like, cause I'm going to be honest, like, <laughs> like e even though, like the 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 non actors, right? They're they're honestly kind of boring to watch, but I actually think that makes it more interesting because because it, it it's really raw, and yeah, and the way Frances is doing it is acting as she's acting the way she's always acted in terms of you know she's she's displaying emotion effectively, but mm -hmm. it's not what we're expecting, and it feels uh, off putting, even which is unfortunate. if. Yeah, even if it's effective and like, you know, as authentic as acting gets, it feels so much less authentic by comparison to these other untrained actors that she's using because like they're just actual people telling actual stories. And maybe they're maybe like I mean, they are also acting. So a good bit of what they're saying is probably like made up to some degree but when i say this sounds like a document this looks like a documentary like when they have robert wells i believe that's his name the the like godfather of american nomads or whatever you know when he's when he's talking he's just like telling stories and i don't know if they're all true but like they feel real because he's just saying what he would say Normally. to anyone yeah yeah so that, yeah, that was. I think that's an unfortunate. I, I I personally, I think Chloe should have mixed up her style to be become more cinematic and given the script a more, uh, more of a narrative to adapt to Francis McDormand's uh portrayal, if that makes sense. Because like, or like, because then then it would have. I think it would have made more sense because then it would have fit the movie because it feels more cinematic, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but but then also that might have been bad because. Then you have a bunch of non-actors uh, that might that uh, that might be that it might just look bad instead of like raw and unfiltered because you're filming it in a more cinematic way, right? So well, I guess there's a balance there. Um, I just I just feel like she she should have tried something else if that makes sense. I think I think like if I were to give what I think could have made the movie better and like. 
Chloe Zhao is infinitely more talented at directing than I am. So I don't know that this means much, (laughs) but like, I think Francis McDormand, I know this was, I am fairly certain that this is a passion project of Francis McDormand's. And I think she was again, decent enough in the movie. I honestly think that if Francis McDormand's character was, was just, if Francis McDormand was, if her character was played by someone who wasn't Francis McDormand, like, she can be an actress, but someone that just wasn't that big a name, I think that would have made the movie slightly better for me. Okay. I can I see really, that, yeah. Like, I think that's kind of... If I had to say one thing that I think would improve the movie, that's honestly all I can think of. Because, you know, this movie isn't... I This, this movie is never going to be the kind of movie over and over and over again because I think it's that amazing. I think it's mm-hmm. good. But, like, I think that... The strengths of the, like, the way that this movie is, is very close to the best Chloe Zhao could have done with what she was given. And I say that, and, like, that sounds, uh, that doesn't sound as positive as I mean it, because, like, I do think that this is a very good use of her style, um, you know, considering she also had two very professional actors to work with. Like, this this made me interested in Chloe Zhao's style, having seen it mm-hmm. once. Yeah. Um, so like I think that it I don't necessarily agree that she should have made it more cinematic. I would like to see a more cinematic off like movie from Chloe Zhao, but I don't think Nomadland is the one to do it. That's fair. I yeah, it, it's I mean either way like it's it's uh she did what she did best if that makes sense. Um I just think like cuz to me well obviously cuz you haven't seen the rider right, so I think it's a little different um because for me it's it's like I saw the rider, and honestly, I think she did so much better with her style there, right? That it's like she either should have evolved or, um, or done this or done no Madland better, if that makes sense, right? But I think the writer or the writer just had a tighter script in terms of mm. I think they're very similar, but I really bought into the I bought into the struggle of what was happening, and I. Uh, underlying narrative that was in the background the whole movie right? with this or with the and writer? with the right. writer sorry with this with this movie i i think it struggled because it for the first like two uh two-thirds of it it actually it really has nothing it has no narrative at all mm-hmm. or very very little like there's there's some semblance of a, a three-act structure where you have kind of the establishment of the nomad way of life and then you have uh, you have her getting getting to know the the I don't know his name, but there's like whoever she kind of not really falls in love with, but like becomes friends with. Yeah, David. You know what, what's with David, right? So that's kind of the second act. Um, and then uh, the third act is is where you get a lot of narrative thrust in terms of she's alone again and she's looking. She's like, why am I in this life? You know, because she's. It's. It seems like she has a way to get out of it in terms of her friends and family are there for her and they want to help her, but she refuses the independence of it because of uh, it kind of reminds she was living like that with her uh, husband yeah. who passed away, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking there, there is kind of a three-act structure to this movie, but it's only really a pain when you look back on it. Like, not... I mean, a movie can be non cannot be predictable and still have a three act structure. But what I mean is, like, when I was watching this movie, I never had any 
idea where it was going. In a weird way, I actually, like, I felt that was a good thing in this movie rather than, you know, I've seen other movies. Like, I just watched uh, the movie Music by Sia yeah. yesterday. And, like, I never had any idea where that was <laughs> going either. But, like, it never went somewhere satisfying. Where this movie, it just sort of meandered along. And it always hit something interesting. Yeah. Like, I, I mm, well, okay. I, I, I'd say, like, mm, like, for because for me, I never really... I, I wish they brought in the aspects of why she was staying in that life earlier um, and focused on it because with that, I could, I could see that as like, okay, this is the struggle she's dealing with. Right. Mm -hmm. But to me, it was, it wasn't really apparent. And then that's why, cause I, I didn't really feel like she was struggling. It just felt like she was living her life the way she right. wanted to. Um, and, uh, but then the, like, it kind of comes out of nowhere in the third act where they highlight, Oh, she's actually kind of, miserable um because she's she's stuck living in the past so like and that that brings in something really interesting in that uh it's not so much she's in love with the nomad way of life it's just she's scared of moving on from mm -hmm. from her past and that's that's a really cool theme theme to bring into it but the problem is it's just it wasn't there before and i think the third act is kind of too late to bring in to bring in that type of conflict uh to save the movie whereas right. uh, um like with the with the rider like i i, I hate having to compare it, but they're they're so similar because the rider is also a movie about someone who loves doing something but uh but they they kind of have to quit for the good of themselves right mm -hmm. and they're they're struggling with it and i think it's really easy like for example uh uh i guess in the rider it's it's someone who's dealing with they want to they want to be a rodeo star and uh, they were they have an ex they have a lot of talent at it but then they they get concussed and if they get concussed again they could become paralyzed right mm -hmm. and uh and it's very likely that that'll happen if he keeps doing it so and like i i love i love the way she frames it because it's like okay why the hell would this guy want to keep doing this right but right but the movie takes you on kind of a journey through his life where on like through it you're like oh my god i i totally understand why he he does not he he wants to keep riding you know and mm -hmm. i love that because it's taking a kind of an unrelatable story and making making you understand the, the character and the person um right. which you know makes the third act a lot more interesting because now you're like oh my god is he is he gonna do it or not because uh you don't even know because you're like both both sides make a lot of sense to me right whereas mm -hmm. if nomadland had that structure at first and then it was brought into the climax where you why she wants to be a nomad but she's stuck between not wanting to not wanting to go to her family and not and uh or uh basically living by herself right for the rest of her life and kind of right. struggling through it um but that just like it just came in too late and it wasn't strong enough and then also the the ending of the movie it doesn't really resolve it doesn't resolve it well enough that i'm like okay this was like satisfying yeah it just feels too lethargic as as you're talking about that i'm 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 thinking like everything you're saying about the writer is kind of there in the narrative of nomadland it's just very subtle and probably way too much so because like it's it's subtle in the ter in terms that it's not really developed in a lot of ways because you have um 
Because, yeah, I mean, as we keep saying, or as you kept saying, uh, she can't move on from the death of her husband. And, like, by the end, and, and yeah, she's stuck between should she continue living as a nomad and, you know, keep running from basically the death of her husband or find some way to move on? And does that mean giving up her nomadic lifestyle? And, like, at the end, she finds a way to move on and also continue being a nomad. And But, like... All of that is there. It's me interpreting it after the fact, but it is very, it's not only subtle, it's just like a little underdeveloped. Yeah, I can agree to that. And I think that like, yeah, to me, that wasn't the interesting part of the movie because I mean, again, it was underdeveloped and it should have probably been the interesting part of the movie because that's what the movie is about on some level. But like, to me, it was just not nearly as interesting as her interacting with all of these other characters who have their own cool reasons for why they are nomads, or at least have their like insights about nomad their their nomadic lifestyles. I think like maybe the best one that is used okay, but would really, really hit even harder if the if the narrative structure of uh Francis McDormand's character was a little bit more there is um, what's her name? I think it's Swanky who she meets fairly early on. And I think Swanky has cancer, but she wants to go back to Alaska because she too has lost her husband. And like, she has a really nice memory of the two of them in Alaska, or she has memories of when they went to Alaska and she did some cool stuff. So like she wants to go back there. She too like is kind of, not over the death of her husband and wants to like move past it or like get some closure there. And I think that would have hit a lot harder if, um, this, if, if the, uh, the narrative was just a little bit more there for Francis McDormand's character, because in a way she's a little bit of a foil to her, not entirely, but she has a similar story that she's going about in a very different way. Yeah. By the way, that's what like the speech Swanky makes when she's reminiscing, and it's like I want to say it's like a two-minute like kind of just steady shot of of her talking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and kind of reminiscing. That's that's a beautiful scene, dude. Like that really that's definitely like one of the best parts of the movie. And again, this this is like that was Chloe Zhao, I guess, at her best because it's her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing it, 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 it very well might have been a real story, too, because it, it felt very personal to the actress. Yeah, um, so, I yeah. actually have the exact same thoughts about later on uh, when Frances McDormand uh, talks to Bob Wells about, like, why she picked up this life and, like, what's weighing on her mind. Bob Wells tells the story of, like, when he lost his son, which mm-hmm. is exactly the same thing. Again... I have no idea if it's true because in this movie, for example, Swanky also dies. She's not dead in real life and she's a real person. So like there's clearly, there's clearly liberties taken with the truth in this movie. It is a fictional movie, but like I, I would find it incredible acting. Well, I mean, it's already incredible acting, but like there's no other explanation than that Bob Wells is an incredible actor. If if that speech that he gives about his son isn't real, because that is just like, that's another, such a beautiful moment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's just like, you can't, that's not something a regular film can make a moment Mm -hmm. like that. So, uh, I guess I appreciate the movie for moments like that. And Mm -hmm. 
uh, I just, yeah, I wish, I wish there was more narrative to it. I, I kind of, I really wish I like, when I think about it, it would, it might've been interesting to bring, you know, that conflict where she visits her sister. Um, yeah. and there's like this, there's actually like a really interesting scene where they're talking about the nomads, uh, I think. And Francis McDormand gets really like offended because they're saying she's, are they saying she's homeless or something like that? Or it's like, um, they say something insensitive, but like totally understandable in terms of, cause they don't understand her story. Right. Oh, story it was a lot of so they were talking Francis McDormand's sister in this is uh, married to a realtor. And they were talking about how like, he and her, he and his realtor friends were talking about like how they could screw people over to make more money in the real estate business. Oh, and like she had been screwed over by a real estate bubble in 2008. And that's part of the reason why she was, why she like was originally took up being a nomad because she was basically, well, first she was rendered homeless through that. And then if I remember correctly, and then like her town stopped existing. So yeah. like, she she was a direct victim of exactly that kind of taking advantage of people. Yeah. So like like I think I really I think that was a really cool scene, and I think I wish that was a more a bigger part of of the of the narrative because it I, it adds a certain amount of tension and conflict. But it was only one scene, and like it didn't mm -hmm. go anywhere really. So like I think that's unfortunate. I think there's there's a lot of potential here that was. I guess untapped, but, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. So uh, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts? Like, what do you think this is? How do you think this is going to do? I think it's going to do very well. It's got a lot of momentum. It literally just came out in theaters. So like people are going to see it and talk about it a lot. And like, it is doing extremely well at awards shows that have already happened. We'll see how it does at the globes. Um, but like, this is a strong contender for, for best picture. Even if it wouldn't be my pick, I think like it's a lot of people's pick for sure. Yeah, I I don't necessarily think it should win, but like I I I don't think I've seen enough of the other movies to to like make that judgment yet. But I mean, I think I think it's 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 great that she's getting the recognition for her style that she deserves, even though I don't mm -hmm. think this was the greatest movie. And um, yeah, it's I. Mm, I don't know if it's a front runner, but I'll definitely say it's like <laughs> it has a better chance of winning, like you know, best picture than uh than what that what's the musical with James Corden or oh, or Hillbilly Elegy? Yeah. yeah, like some of the I guess these are these are kind of the top movies of the year technically if we're looking at the Golden Globes. So uh, um, for this year, I think it has a pretty high chance of winning. I will. I do want to say before we. Before we wrap up entirely, I want to say, like, I am very excited for what Chloe Zhao has coming up next. And what's interesting is that she's going from these very, very small, like, very unique indie pictures to franchises. Like, her next movie is Marvel's Eternals, which is possibly, like, one of the biggest non-Avengers movies Marvel made in terms of cast, in terms of ensemble cast, anyway. And then right after that, she's doing Dracula, which like, these are two very, very, like these are two major movies that she's just attached to out of nowhere. Like how does she go from yeah. the writer to those? 
I'm very, I'm really excited to see it because I have, <clears throat> because like Eternals cannot be Nomadland. Like there's just no way it would work. So what is it going to look like when she yeah. well, has I, that kind of a like, budget and that kind of a, and has to direct a franchise movie? I heard she's a very big uh, comics fan. So I think that's a big reason why. I mean, like also I think her like because her style is unique and stuff like that. I think uh, just based on how unique she is, uh, she got hired for Eternals. But also, yeah, a very big, uh, I guess, blockbuster nerd in terms of comic books. And she loves manga and stuff, apparently. So. Mm-hmm. uh i think that helped her a lot and yeah it's it'll be i just i've heard i've heard rumors that eternal is really a really good yeah um, i've heard i mean i have heard this part primarily from people involved with the production mm-hmm. but like people involved in the production have said like it's one of the best marvel movies yeah and i i don't i actually don't usually hear like leaks like that um mm-hmm. especially about like eternals is a pretty unknown property but i mean like, like just looking at the cast the cast is insanely stacked um yeah. with some like i would say these are like the biggest stars but like there's a ton of talent in here that um that has like that hasn't been realized and like, it'd be cool it's got angelina jolie and salma hayek and aside from that they're mostly like very few triple a listers but like Everyone is a B-lister at least. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, they've all put in, or I've, from the ones I know, I've seen them all in like certain amazing performances that I love them in. So yeah, uh, yeah, it'll be cool. I just, I just really want to see how she directs a, uh, a narrative focused feature mm-hmm. um, that's out of her style. And I think it'll really show, uh, you know, her potential for the future as a, as an artist, because and I, I'm guessing it, it's good because she got hired for Dracula. But I mean, like, I feel like anyone that works on a Marvel movie is probably sought after to, well, to, for any other blockbuster. Reason, so. But the thing about Dracula is I'm, I'm particularly interested in that because when, Universal, when Universal's monsters shared universe with Russell Crowe, Tom Cruise, and Johnny Depp fell apart, they, like, hard pivoted. They went to let's hire mostly independent horror movie directors that like haven't done that much yet and just see what they do with these properties and like see if they make something cool out of them. So like Chloe Zhao didn't get hired for Dracula because of Marvel, like because of Marvel, but she probably got hired for Marvel for the same reason she got hired for Dracula. And like it makes me like honestly the entire universal uh movie monsters universe that's happening even though it's not a shared universe anymore i actually like that a lot but like it makes me very excited for that because they're taking like these directors that they're they're like putting a lot of money behind directors that like wouldn't necessarily be able to just go to any old hollywood studio and be like give me lots of money for a super a-list movie and like they're trying to they're and just seeing like if they can do a cool horror movie because like that's what happened with the invisible man and the invisible one of the best movies of last year yeah it really like 100 percent. i i really wish it it wasn't i guess wait would it be what it is it like viable for awards this year technically or was it oh yeah early? it's it's shortlisted for a few for a few that have shortlists out but like yeah okay it's it's not likely to get a nomination for best picture or honestly for any of the major categories, but it is likely to be nominated in the lesser categories, like the technical ones. 
And it's even, I think it's even like got a really good shot to win in some of those. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's unfortunate that that movie, I I personally think it got really snubbed in terms of like, I mean, obviously it's a horror movie, so there's no way the awards were going to pick it up. But like, I, I personally think it's on like another level compared to every other movie I've seen this year. I um, mostly agree. I can't think of any other like maybe like like Palm Springs and Marini's Black Bottom are both really up there but like there's something missing in them that an Invisible Man just gets and it puts yeah. it like just uh, on another level so um, the Invisible yeah. Man like I I well okay so this, this is technically not related to Nomadland but I've said it before and I'll say it again I think we are in a horror renaissance that like is going incredible places like we have left the we've left the era of endless the saw and endless the purge saw and paranormal activities uh, remakes or remakes and sequels and come into an era of horror where we're getting like really really talented directors making excellent movies that also happen to be horror movies yeah well i think the thing is with those is uh, horror movies is is the best way to get um, original uh, original movies that that get the spotlight because they you know the horror movies are usually very cheap and they they're advertised heavily because uh, they have a lot of potential to make a lot of money, mm-hmm. um, which is why we uh, especially now that like I think studios have realized this there's a lot of potential for for uh, horror movies to. I would like I'll never say that like horror movies are gonna be like the new superhero movie or anything, but like they're gonna go they're they're probably gonna be like the best place to look for like original amazing content. Yeah, I think there's gonna be a lot of directors that like are probably working right now and making incredible stuff right now that in five years we're gonna be like, oh, I need to go back and watch that guy's stuff because he made the Wolfman. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, uh, I guess that's Nomadland. Yeah, uh, uh, what, what would you say? Canon. Let's let's put a number on that on on this bad boy. <clears throat> oh god, I think I'll give it a like a six. It's it's enjoyable, kind of boring though. Uh, would I watch it again? Probably not. Um, but it it's a cool it's a cool interesting look at Chloe Zhao's style, and it, uh, I learned a lot about I guess the nomad life and the str- the struggles they they go through and also the joys they find in life. So, yeah. I'm going to call it a good seven because I mostly agree with you that I am unlikely to watch this again anytime soon. But like, I did like it. I think I would benefit from watching it again. Like I'll bet there's stuff in there that I would see differently on a second watch. And like more than anything, this was just very interesting. And I unfortunately have not yet seen the writer, but like probably because of that, this like was my introduction to this. This was my introduction to Chloe Zhao. And like, it was one of the most unique movies I've seen in a long time, just, you know, because of that style definitely makes me want to go see the writer because you keep talking about, you keep heaping high praise on it. Yeah. That's, I, I think it's, I personally think it's going to be the peak of this style that she says she has to offer. Um, especially if she's going to go on to bigger blockbusters. So and I am happy. Eternals will I'm be happy like a pseudo that. documentary. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you never know me. That's funny. like 
it's it's got a lot of A-list stars, right? But like maybe she'll just also cast a few people that are, you know, actually immortal and just see what they're like, you know, untrained yeah. immortals. Yeah, for sure. That'd be uh that that would be an insanely risky move on Marvel's part. But <laughs> I honestly at this point, after like WandaVision, I can totally see them trying something like that. I Marvel Weird is doing some you know what? After after the Oscars are done, we're gonna have to like take a break episode and just talk about Marvel for a bit because there's some cool stuff going on there that I think would be interesting to talk about. Yeah, like we could do like a Wandavision like. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, But yeah, this is a that was Nomadland. Jeff, what's the last word? Oh, hold on. We can't have a last word just yet. We got to say what we're doing next week. We're gonna we're gonna do one more. One more round of three because I think that'll bring us up to the Oscar nominations. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna go back. We're gonna do some black and white movies again. And the first one that we're gonna talk about is something that we have brought up a few times before, but we've never actually watched it. I think I've shit talked it a few times uh, without having seen it. So we're gonna we're gonna go back and I'm gonna correct the error of my ways. We're going to watch How Green Is Your Valley, which won Best Picture in 1941, the year that Citizen Kane was nominated and the year that the Maltese Falcon was nominated. We're going to see why How Green Is Your Valley won. That'll be exciting. It will be. Pierre, what's the last word? Uh, potato. <laughs> <laughs>